Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Adrienne Vandervolk thinks the F word has gotten a bad rap. She's on a mission to show the world that not only is feminism good for everyone, it can also be fun. A social worker turned journalist, Adrienne's podcast, Feminist Hot Dog, is a show that dispels the myths around feminism, empowers women, and shares important information for women and the men who love them. She hopes listeners of every identity find power, joy, and energy in her inspiring interviews so we can all fight for the fabulous feminist world we deserve. Join us on this episode of The Spark for her first interview as we celebrate Adrian and feminist hot dog joining our NOCO family. Stay tuned Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock for Feminist Hot Dog Following The Spark a wonderful treat that you won't want to miss. This is The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I am absolutely delighted to welcome to The Spark today, Adrienne Vandervalk to the show and the debut of her new podcast, Feminist Hot Dog. That's right. Welcome to the show. It's so good to see you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So I was reading about you and you used to be a social worker, which resonated with me, a social worker turned journalist, because my graduate degree is in clinical social work. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was really curious about that journey for you. What inspired you to change directions in your career? So I did a lot of direct service work as a very young person, and I didn't have any formal training. I had some really great mentors and learned on the job and found that I had, I think, a a kind of a natural aptitude for connecting with people and being um, able to sort of see the ways that some individual circumstances were really linked to systems that weren't serving them and that were really biased and that had a lot of institutional problems. But I think being in direct service for a long time was really hard on me emotionally. And so when I was about 30, I decided that I really wanted to use, I really wanted to continue to think about social issues and social problems, but rather than doing direct service to look at that through more of an analytical point of view, um, interpreting research and interviewing people who think about social problems and systems really creatively. And so that's what led me to journalism and then ultimately to um, work in the editorial departments of some nonprofit organizations, helping them sort of further their publishing goals. So getting out of the trenches, if you will, Right. Exactly. And and looking at it more systemically and being able to I, I love the the thing you're talking about, being a part of maybe the change agent, mm-hmm. which I love, you know, that that's part of like Marty Seligman's work in 1999 when he became uh, president of the American Psychiatric Association and moved the model into what was then termed positive psychology, where we're not just looking at the symptoms of the problems. What we're doing is we're looking at, okay, what actually creates resiliency? 
What are the components that that we can plug into as we study communities and individuals where there is courage, where there is a sense of compassion, those type of things. So we're moving towards looking at the solution instead of just the components of what makes it difficult or the, the problem. Right. Instead of reacting to the symptoms. So I imagine that was very life giving for you. Um, plugging into that piece of it. And so then I have to tell you, I absolutely love feminist hot dog. That is the awesome. <laughs> I just love that name. Thank you. It is great. I'm I'm curious what made you think of that name and what inspired you to begin this podcast? So there are, there's sort of the the one true origin story. And then since then, um, there have been a lot of others that I feel like there's there's sort of a number of different explanations that go along with that. The um the true origin story is that last fall during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, I was having a very difficult time in life, basically. That that whole period of time was very depressing for me and I saw a tremendous outpouring of sadness and Uh, kind of despair from many of the women in my network a lot, you know, both in person and on social media and phone calls and texts and things like that. People were just like, what the hell is happening? This is, this just, it just feels like an assault, you know, on all of us. And I developed an in particular kind of special, um, I don't want to say hatred because that's not a, (laughs) I don't like that word, but a special disdain for Mitch McConnell during that time. And I remember thinking Mitch McConnell does not represent me or any of the women that I know I would, and this thought just popped into my head. I would rather be represented by a hot dog than by Mitch McConnell. And then I thought, but only if it was a feminist hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) So that phrase just sort of stuck in my head, just like in this really like sort of free association kind of way. And I'm really not the kind of person that usually like embarks on creative projects, but this whole, from that moment, I was like, I have to do something. I want to do something. We need to talk about this. I need to do something that makes me feel better about being a woman and a feminist. I need sort of the antidote to this experience. And that, that really drove me. And even though it's it's been, it was kind of unusual. Like I never, I didn't think about starting a podcast before that. I've never really done a project like this before. And I, it just, I just felt very compelled. And that name, um, that phrase just kind of stuck in my head and it all just kind of came together very organically. Well, it sounds like it pulled you out of a sense of helplessness as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I really needed to put my energy into something that felt positive and, and it's really done that for me. And became really empowering, I imagine. Yeah. It's, and very fun too. And I needed to have a little bit of fun in my life. I was working at a, um, a nonprofit that, dealt with a lot of racial justice issues and, you know, which is great work and really important work, but also can, can be very hard on a day-to-day basis as well. So I, I really needed a project that allowed me to, to sustain myself so I could bring my best self to work every day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As you're doing this, let's talk about the word feminist, because you, you say that right on your website. And I think that's perfect where you say, you know, the it's the F word. And oftentimes there's a negative connotation to feminist or feminism. Mm-hmm. What, what is your definition of it? 
My definition is anyone who believes that people of all genders should be treated equally and have equal access to opportunities in society. I am always surprised when people resist that word because it seems like such a basic thing to want. But I do think that there is a sense that there's a, a belief that feminists are loud and entitled and don't like men and, you know, that there's, there are certain behaviors and beliefs that um, get sort of ascribed to feminism. Um, and there's a huge spectrum of feminist thought and theory and behavior out there in the world. I mean, for as many di different women as there are who call themselves feminists, they're, they're going to have different ideas about feminism. And you may like or not like some of those ideas, of course, but I don't I certainly think that it does us all a disservice to throw out the whole concept because there are certain individual feminists that maybe you don't agree with. So that's what I'm trying to do with the show is to really not not water down feminism or make it more palatable, because I think that that's dangerous, too, but to really emphasize the fact that believing in equality that's a really important and, and, and joyful thing to work towards and drawing strength and power from the creativity and innovation of other women is like, that's a really beautiful thing. So feminism also doesn't have to be constantly reacting to oppression and patriarchy and assault. Feminism can be like really finding um, depth and joy and connection and inspiration in, you know, thinking about what it means to be a woman, how we bring femininity into the world, how we learn from people of all genders, how we can use our own strength to help um, speak up for other people and, um, and help make life better for other people, which I think is a really positive thing. It is so positive. I love the thing about it's not about watering down feminism. What it sounds like is a piece of that is getting rid of some of these stereotypes. And I hear things like this thrown around where feminists, you know, there's this stereotype that it's like a raging lesbian who hates men. And it's actually not about equality, but women having more power than men. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think being able to dispel all those myths. And I love this other piece that I think really needs some heightened awareness which is the part about it's just embracing as well. It's not about watering it down, but being a feminist isn't just about social issues. Right. That it really is about embracing ourselves and each other in this, you know, beautiful piece of being feminine and what that mm -hmm. really means. Yeah, exactly. And even if you are a woman who does not express herself in terms of quote unquote traditional femininity, I think getting to a place where we're not only seeing and identifying each other in that way too, that, you know, like where do you fall on the spectrum of what we see as traditional femininity? Um, I think that that's also, and, and our, and getting much more um, less rigid about what is a feminine way to behave as well. And I just think everyone, men as well, people of all genders are much freer when they don't feel like they have to subscribe to these very rigid norms of gender expression. So the feminine, it's not a, you know, being feminine or female is not a one size fits all. Exactly.
I'm so excited that you've joined our NoCo FM family. Thank you. I am too. That's so exciting. And I just want to, first of all, just welcome you aboard. And it's so awesome to have you be a part of this. What, From my understanding, how did you get involved? Was it at PodCon that you met, Chris? Yeah, well, I actually met Charles at the, um, in the, like the exhibit hall at PodCon. And I knew that NoCo FN was broadcast out of um, Fort Collins, which is where my parents live. And so the last time I was in Fort Collins visiting, I came by the studio, um, met Charles in person, and we had just kind of kept in touch. Um, and it just feels like such a great fit for Feminist Hot Dog because of the emphasis on um, diverse voices. So I think, um, and just the whole philosophy of NoCo FM is something I, I really believe in. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. For people that don't know, PodCon was an event that happened in Seattle, and it was podcasters from all over the nation that come together and share ideas, and there's exhibits, and there's presentations, and so that's that's where you connected. That is so fantastic, and you are doing the show from Arkansas? From Montgomery, Alabama, actually. Well, how about that? From Montgomery, yeah. Alabama. Awesome. I can tell it looks a little warmer there than here. It's quite warm. It's basically already in the 80s and only going up from here. So, <laughs> Well, so let's talk a little bit more about your show. As I got onto your website, I love the, the feature where you have guests, your badass guests. Mm -hmm. I'm curious for you, what qualifies a woman as a badass to you? Oh, that's an interesting question. I feel like what many of the women that I've interviewed on the show have in common is that they're really passionate about something and they are, they really follow their dreams and their instincts in terms of what, what makes them kind of tick, what they draw energy from. They're opinionated, they're outspoken, they, you know, really believe in themselves. And so they're all people, most of the people that I interviewed in season one were people that I already had relationships with and that I felt really inspired by personally on kind of a day-to-day -day basis. And in season two, I have branched out a little bit more. And so I'm interviewing lots of folks that either were referred to the show through other people or who I've met on social media who are just doing really interesting things that I felt like um, that their approach to life and to their work really um, fit the kind of definition of feminism that we're that we're working with on the show. Even from there, you have uh, your hot dog hall of fame. Yes. So, so to go from being a badass to getting into the hall of fame. <laughs> <laughs> so the hall of fame is funny. Um, it is basically uh, a list of what I wanted to do was create a list of women so if you were kind of feeling like you needed a shot of like feminine energy and feminist um, example of feminist badassery, you could go and read about these women who are um, most of them kind of lesser known people in history. Some of them are actually known to the guests. So the guests might talk about someone in their own life, but many of them are women either throughout history or who work in a field that the um, that the guest is particularly connected to in some way. And so it's basically just an opportunity for listeners and or whoever goes to the website to just hear about someone that they might be inspired by, but never really know about. And I think that 
because of the, you know, particularly like now we have the benefit of the internet, but particularly in generations past, there was a lot of great and innovative work done um, by women and, and female identified folks who just for whatever reason didn't make it into the history books. And so this is an opportunity to tell some of their stories. And I love that you had women of all ages, that there was actually a young girl in the Hall mm. of Fame. Can you talk about her a little bit? I believe uh, her name is Jatanjali Rao, and she is a scientist. And I don't mean that in any um, in any other way than in like sort of the purest way. She like has a laboratory that she works in. She works alongside and holds her own with other um, PhDs scientists who specialize in um, water chemistry. And so she's uh, an inventor also. So she's done some pretty amazing work on testing water purity, um, inspired by the situation in Flint, Michigan. So I just thought she was such, and she I really started, I think she's 13 now, but she started when she was 11 or 12. So she's really um, quite an incredible young woman. I don't know very much about her politics or whether she considers herself um, a feminist, but I do think that she is someone um, who is very inspiring and clearly doing something that most 12-year-old girls are not doing. So I think that deserves to be celebrated. Absolutely. And you know what? That, that brings me to the question, what women have truly inspired you? Or what might be you know, one of your top choices, if you will? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Well, I come from a very woman-centric family. So I have a wonderful mother who has, um, you know, and, and a wonderful father, parents who, and two sisters. So my parents raised three girls and in a household that, I mean, we didn't have any brothers, so I don't, I don't know how that would have been different, but I certainly never ever felt like there was anything that we couldn't do or any opportunities that we shouldn't or couldn't pursue um, in the way that they raised us. So I, you know, I definitely credit them with a lot. I also have only female cousins. So even, <laughs> even in the extended family being a girl was, was it like we, um, that was, so I don't know if that directly influences my um, kind of the, pride and like comfort that I have in, in being a woman. Um, but I imagine that that's probably related. I've also been very, very lucky to have some amazing mentors in my life. Um, a woman named Carrie Whitney, who was my social work mentor when I was very young. Um, and another woman named Margaret Godfrey, who was a coworker and also a mentor to me, um, later in my life. And I definitely, um, think of both of them as, um, people whose wisdom I, I still, um, reach for a lot at, at various times. And when I have decisions to make, or when I am trying to think about um, kind of shifting my perspective on something, I think about them a lot. Well, what a unique experience to be in a family of so many women. <laughs> that is awesome. And, and to, to be so supported. It, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I really resonate with that myself coming from a long line of strong women and definitely influenced by a grandmother who knew no stranger. And mm. so, you know, she was one of these people. She she lived in a very small farming town here, right outside of Fort Collins, if you're familiar with Temneth, Colorado. 
Oh, yes. It's very built up now, but it used to be just a farming community. And so anyone that she would find out that was having any kind of event, she would make them a cake. And she was a master cake decorator. And that was just kind of the way she showed her love, you know, and and, um, so but just that kind of model from her and my mother, who was a, a businesswoman here in town, owned her own business for 33 years. And then I had two daughters and a stepdaughter. So I definitely... You know, we even had a female dog, Ginger. So, you know, I, I I also really resonate with being surrounded with women, even though I had a brother, I still do have one. And that was wonderful growing up. It, it was always this kind of strong, a little monarchy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was a beautiful thing, knowing that it was it was wonderful to be creative. It was wonderful to be giving and you could still be a strong woman and yet be nurturing. Yes, definitely. In your opinion, Adrian, why is feminism more important now than ever? I think it is as important now as, as ever, um, for sure, in part because reproductive rights are massively under attack in our country right now um, to a degree that I think would be very surprising to many of us even just five years ago. Um, I think we maybe as I don't know if it's fair to say this, but I think that I, I'll speak for myself. I got a little bit complacent and I really just sort of assumed we have Roe v. Wade. That's federal law. This is, um, you know, this is decided law essentially. Um, so this is not something that, that we really have to worry about in our lifetime. And that has come to really, it's obvious now that that's not the case. So that's something that I, um, we actually have um, an episode about coming up on the season of Feminist Hot Dog, talking with um, a woman who is very active in the reproductive justice community who talks a little bit about that. So that's one thing. Um, and I do think another, we certainly are at a time when there, you know, it feels like there is a reckoning happening in terms of sexual harassment in this country. And then there is the sort of predictable pushback and, you know, backlash, if you will, um, that is, I think, very, if you study social movements and, and social change, kind of an inevitable part, uh, you take, you know, steps forward and steps back. And I think that feeling strong in, in our collective right to be able to go to work and not be, not have our personal space invaded, not be touched, not be called like silly childish names, not be expected to do favors in return for professional advancement, to not be earning less money than our colleagues. I mean, these are these seem like basic things when you say them out loud, but they become more complicated in the real world when you're interacting with real people. And so I think just feeling really strong as as women in our right to those things, because the pushback is already happening and it's I think it's probably going to continue to get stronger and being able to just feel confident that these are not, we're not asking for anything special. (laughs) These are really basic rights that everyone deserves to work in a, a safe workplace where they can be comfortable and just do their jobs. I think that that's, um, that's a really important part too. So they truly become it's human rights that that's we just want equal human rights that that go across the board for all of us. Exactly. 
So what other shows or guests do you know that are upcoming that people can look forward to? We are premiering with um, a really good friend of mine named Christina Turner, who is a pop culture expert and enthusiast. And she's also an expert in representation and in marketing and design work. So um, she's great to talk to you just about things like, you know, how, how do you sort of balance the need for representation in not only in the entertainment um, business, but also in the business business of promoting, um, you know, whatever it is that you're promoting as an advertiser. So she's got, she's very insightful. I just recorded an interview with um, a young woman who's in college, who's like a real, very savvy social activist who has just a lot of, a lot of great things to say. And I've always been really impressed by her. She's 20, really wanted to get some younger voices on the show. So I'm really excited to have her. Um, like I said, we have a, a reproductive justice expert who's coming up um, on the show as well. And talking with a woman um, in the near future who calls herself the feminist nutritionist, and she focuses on um, body, essentially kind of body positivity, body health, and breaking through some of the myths and beliefs that we all carry about um, body size and what that means in terms of the connections to health and also um, the way that we view ourselves as as having worth in society, how that's like so arbitrarily linked to numbers on the scale or the size and, you know, the on your clothing tags. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to her as well. I am really excited to listen to those. I am subscribing. Yeah, I, I seriously, those, those are topics that are so interesting to me. And it raised the question in me, this is not just stuff for women, right? Like this stuff is important for our partners and our friends that are males to connect to as well. And how do you see it being important to, to the other sex? I do truly think that, um, like I was saying earlier, that really rigidly defined gender roles are harmful for everyone. So right now, you know, we've heard the term toxic masculinity kind of has been um, kind of broken out into the mainstream recently. And I think that that's another another term that gets sort of misinterpreted as being something that's like critical of men. And of course, like, um, yes, the behaviors that toxic masculinity causes are behaviors that we should be critical of. Um, but I think often it's what we're saying is it's toxic to men. It is harmful to them to feel like they can't talk about their feelings, that they shouldn't, um, have intimate friendships with other men, that they, uh, can't express themselves outside of these like very rigid boundaries of what they can wear and what, you know, what kind of booze they should drink and how they should behave and what sports they should watch. I mean, that's, that's so constricting. And I feel like anytime you're putting social constraints on people that is harmful to them and that has potentially really harmful impact in terms of, you know, how in terms of people's development and their perspectives on how it's okay to act out some of those frustrations and certainly not making excuses for people who, um, you know, are violent or predatory whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, that that behavior should be excused, but I do think that a lot of it could be prevented if we were providing a societal environment where our ideas about boys do this and girls do this, were not so in incredibly rigid. 
so that we're actually modeling and making room for people to be able to just be, again, I come back to the thing of being human mm-hmm. because having all right. these emotions and having experiences, you know, as, as we're having this human experience, it's not just a male or a female experience, although we can really start putting it within those rigid parameters. And that part of being human is that we have a variety of emotions and we want to express ourselves in a myriad of, of creative ways. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so and I think that, yeah. that is helpful in other ways too. I mean, in terms of when people are acting in a way that you don't expect, but their actions, you know, that they don't have necessarily any sort of harmful ramifications. Could we, or, or dressing in a way or, you know, moving their body in a way that's out maybe outside of the norm, not hurting anybody. Could we as a society get to a point where we just, we don't have to look at them or call them weird or bully them or point at them or ostracize them and just say, this is, this is just another kind of person. It's not the kind of person that I am, but okay. You know, I just, I would love it. I would love to see us move forward without those rigid definitions in a number of different areas of our lives. Well, and hopefully when when men tune into a show like Feminist Hot Dog and start embracing this knowledge, um, and, and, you know, I think that is one of the things that helps break down some of those rigid barriers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really hope that men and people of all genders uh, will, will listen. And um, I think I truly think that there is someone for something for everybody. everybody, this is Adrian from Feminist Hot Dog, and I want you to join me and my awesome guests as we put the fun in feminism. It's true. On Feminist Hot Dog, we explore all the ways feminism makes the world a better place, no matter who you are. So come hang out on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Mountain on NOCO FM. And don't forget, love yourself and love your buns. See you on Wednesday. Hey friends, this is Charles with NOCO FM, the podcast network and streaming radio station dedicated to creating diverse shows just like this one and the numerous others that we help produce. We hope you'll consider becoming a supporter on Patreon, which helps us pay our hosts, produce more shows, and allows us to give back to nonprofits in Northern Colorado. Not only do you become part of our community, but giving also gets you access to an incredible selection of exclusive content from all of our creators, starting at just $2 a month. To get started now, just visit noco.fm slash patron and sign up. Once again, that's N-O-C-O dot F-M slash patron. Hope you have a fantastic start to 2019. We've got some big things coming your way. Now, back to the show. I want to ask you too, you know, I know from my own experience, now that I'm in my second season of The Spark, I have learned so much, just so many incredible things that have actually impacted my life and who I am mm. internally through my guests and and just having truly, I, it's hard to even find words um, because it, it has just 
moved me in ways and transformed my consciousness, my ability to love and connect with other people literally has been through some of my understandings and depth of interview with people. Who would you say or what interview or what content has touched you or transformed you in any way? So I did an interview uh, in season one with a woman named Angbin, and she is um, a, just a very inspiring person to me. And I've, I've known her for a while. We used to work together. She's a poet and a visual artist and just a, someone who um, I think she um, is a Pakistani American and a Muslim woman. And so I, I just learned a lot about um, she was one of the first Muslim people I was ever friends with in my entire life. I grew up in Iowa and I did not have exposure to, um, very diverse people at all. And so she read, um, some passages aloud on the show, particularly about vulnerability and connection and being willing to essentially kind of let down walls and the magic that can happen when you actually let yourself truly connect with other people. And it was like, we both almost started crying while we were having the conversation. It was truly just this moment where it was like, I almost felt like the atmosphere in the room changed while she was, um, she was reading a passage from a woman named um, Adrian Brené Brown. And so that was a really special interview for me. And I think just her willingness to, and, and I'll extend this to all of my guests. I've been incredibly moved by how vulnerable they're willing to be and how generous with their time and their emotions and their intellects and their stories. Um, and, you know, I just feel so lucky and so honored that they even feel like that that is something that they would be willing to do with me. And so, you know, I just want to thank everyone who's been on the show uh, so far and everyone who's um, who's going to be on season two, because, um, the, you know, these, this is, uh, you know, a couple of hours of your life that you didn't have to give to this project. And I just um, I just feel so lucky and so honored that they did. It reminds me of Jacob Lieberman, who I had as a guest on my show, who said, you know, the wonderful thing is, in the end, we're all the same height. And so <laughs> when we can all share our gifts in that way, mm -hmm. you know, it's, 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 it, that's it, right? I mean, that's kind of what this whole journey is about, that we, you and I can become as hosts conduits for bringing this amazing content into the world. Yes. And I very much feel like a conduit and I, and I feel so lucky because I get to learn so much along the way. That's one of the beautiful gifts of this job in quotes, mm -hmm. if you will, because yes. <laughs> it's, it's the most delightful job I've ever had. I can tell you that. Oh, I love it. So before we wrap up, I do want to talk about something not related to the show. And okay. that is about your pit bull Zola. Oh, yes. Because I have a new puppy in my life, Jules, and I'm having a complete love affair with her. Aww. And so, yeah, so I, I just want to know a little bit about Zola. Well, Zola, she is about five years old. We've had her for four years. She was a rescue. And essentially, I really wanted to adopt her. And I used the, um, when I was trying to convince my husband, I kept using the excuse or the reasoning rather that, well, you know, we don't have any kids and we have all this 
love to give and we have the resources to give a dog a wonderful life and who needs it. And um, so finally he broke down and we adopted her and I cannot even, I could never have predicted how, <laughs> how much patience and how many resources it was going to take to be her doggy parents because <laughs> She really like every sort of nightmare scenario you can imagine having with a dog. We've we've gone through with her, but we've come out on the other side and she's, you know, she still needs a lot of structure, um but she's a totally different dog at this point. She, you know, all the destruction, all of the fighting, all of the um medical problems, um we've come we've come a long way. So, uh and thank goodness um that she is an extremely cute and very affectionate dog. So I think if I didn't get so much, you know, I, I get so much out of my relationship with her, which makes me willing to put up with all of the many, many, many trials that she's put us through. <laughs> but she's, you know, she's on her way to being a, a very good girl. Yes. Well, you know, I want to say, you know, welcome to parenthood, because I don't feel like it's a lot different. <laughs> you never know children. what you're going to get. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Well, as we wrap up, what is a way that people can connect with your show? If you could share your website. Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to feministhotdog.com, there is a contact form on there. You can sign up for the newsletter and you can find all of the accounts on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram pretty easily. There's only one feminist hot dog. So that's, uh, that's me. And, uh, we, I definitely invite people to, uh, follow along. And if you have, um, listener questions, anything that you want to ask me or any of our guests, we're always connecting, um, collecting listener questions as well. So feel free to follow along, leave comments, ask questions, I'd love to interact with the listeners. So it could become very interactive. People can really feel like you're, you are, uh, what's the word? Accessible. You are someone I, that people am, can really yes. connect to. And, and I definitely enjoy that very much. Well, okay, Adrian, as we get ready to wrap up, any message that you want to make sure that you're kind of leaving with your audience? What, what is a, an essential message that you want to leave here? The tagline for the show, which um, started off as kind of a silly thing, but I think has become more serious, is love yourself, love your buns. And so, <laughs> and I do think that self-love is something that I want to explore more on the show because it is not, it's something that is sort of easy to say. There's a lot of memes about it, you know, oh, you know, we should all love ourselves and self-love is radical and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's of course much easier said than done. And so one of the things that I'm really interested in, in exploring is talking to women who maybe have taken that self-love journey and what was that like for them? And of course it's not going to be the same journey for everybody, but hearing those stories I think can really benefit us all in our journeys toward liking ourselves, liking our bodies, feeling comfortable in who we are, um, and being able to kind of move through the world and shed some of that um, insecurity that, that can really hold us back. So I think that that's something um, that I'm really hoping to, you know, to explore more in season two. Thank you so much, Adrian. We are going to look forward to and tune in to Feminist Hot Dog. You're very welcome. And thanks so much for having me on the show.
So we got to learn a lot about the F word on this episode with Adrian and learning about her fantastic podcast, Feminist Hot Dog. Some of the essential points of our interview were the importance of understanding the word feminism and understanding that it doesn't mean an imbalance of power. And it's not about women getting more rights than men or having more power than men. It's being able to coexist in a world where we all have equal power, where we get paid the same amount for the same job. So we have the same voice that our male counterparts do. So also, I, I love the part about the importance of embracing ourselves as women for those of us who identify as female and embracing our femininity as well as our feminine power. I think it's important that we continue to dispel the myths that sometimes feminism has gotten in the past. And by developing these wonderful, positive female role models that Adrienne has on her show, I think it helps to empower women of all ages and helps them begin to find their voice and to begin that wonderful process that we all need to go through of befriending ourselves, truly finding that voice, and then bringing our own unique gifts and talents to the world. I hope you'll stay tuned on Wednesday nights following The Spark at 8 o'clock p.m. here on noco.fm for Feminist Hot Dog with Adrienne Vondervolk. Absolutely a fantastic woman with an inspiring show that is truly for all of us. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James. This has been a production of NOCO-FM.